Hello, welcome. I'm delighted you've tuned in to Life Beyond the Numbers, the podcast for those who are curious about different perspectives on how to have a more fulfilling work life. I'm Susan Nikriolon, and as an ops director, finance director, and leadership coach who has lived and worked in many countries, I've seen my fair share of unfulfilled work lives. I always saw beauty in balancing a set of financial statements. The intricacies that underpin the workings are wondrous. But the real beauty for me is in working with people. The intricacies that underpin our workings are wondrous too. And not one particular input or formula will ever generate the same results. Join me and my guests as we place a lens on the people side of work life by exploring some of these wondrous intricacies that make us unique. We share stories, insights and strategies that we hope will inspire your life beyond the numbers. I'm delighted to be joined by Paul Stevenson. Paul, you're very welcome to Life Beyond the Numbers. Susan, it's a privilege and an honour. And dare I say it, I just want to serve. So fire away. That sounds great. That's a great way to start. Now, I came across you on LinkedIn because of one part of your strapline. So today, Life Beyond the Numbers meets a believer in life beyond the spreadsheet. Right. Tell me what you mean by that, Paul. Right, okay, big, that's a big story behind all of that, actually. So I'm gonna kick off by saying I've been working and I've been an entrepreneur in business since 1996. And I, I have two companies, egostream.com and zengility.life. Anyway, one serves the technology industry and I'm not going too much about that, but I've fundamentally been building tech companies from a supply perspective through developing people to grow companies. So I'm very much uh, a hearts and minds individual. So I'm all about growing people to grow companies. So that's the essence of me. Sensuality.life is solving a big problem that we're in the midst of right now, which is helping people transition their work lives. And I would like to say I'm the co-founder of Visionary and work-life architect of helping people come away from the conventional world of work and reinvent themselves, whether that's into a lifestyle business, which probably 20 years ago was seen as a failure or a weakness in character, given where the world has been, and or a super consulting position or building a portfolio. And what that's all about is really about human potential and realizing that human potential that we are all unique. We've all got a special offering. But what we need to learn and re-educate and redevelop now is how we deploy that for sustainable employment going forward. Anyway, to ask the que- answer the question, um, Silent Ego. Silent Ego is a podcast that I came up with literally 12 months ago, responding to the, the changing times, the lockdown, the first lockdown we went into. Don't want to glare that too much. And I realized there was a lot of executives out there that were challenged with culture shock. They're all working from home and that culture shock had hit them hard. And they're all grappling to sort of like restructure, realign and refocus their their businesses and their people. 
So I came up with uh, silentego.com, which is a domain name I've had in readiness for about 20 years as it happens. And I launched it as a, yeah, as a podcast for senior executives. And this is the vision I had, just sitting at home at lunchtime, that, you know, they kind of want to talk about the world they're in, the, the, and, but not from a numbers perspective, because I think they've all been slaving the spreadsheets for too long. And it's done us a lot of good, but it's done us an awful lot of nuts are good as well. And I think the last 20 years of our working careers collectively, and I'm primarily speaking for wisdom of the ages, the more mature people out there today, that they know what that's about, where the corporate environment took you hostage, you know, you're kind of suffering status anxiety, money became an antidepressant, all those sort of wonderful things that we've all suffered over the last little while. So the podcast was really Silent Ego was life beyond the spreadsheet, the soul of the entrepreneur. And one of these wonderful things that I've always sort of stuck with for the last uh, 25 years in business, that every time I've engaged with a client, whether it be a corporate international corporation or an SME or a startup, I'm dealing with people, right? And they've got, they've got a heart. And so I, I started to think about actually guys, let's start talking about what's really going on inside ourselves and not necessarily all this macho ego stuff. Because to be candid, we all know that ego loves the drama and it can take you hostage. And I think it's served as well, but I think it's time for change. So I came up with a concept of let's have a chat and let's talk about you. I'm not interested in the numbers and all that growth and profit and all that usual sort of those capitalistic values let's talk about the heart of the entrepreneur the soul of the business and strangely enough what happened Susan when I actually kicked that off I ended up talking to a couple of international authors because they'd all gone into sort of a state of paralysis from a commercial perspective so they became available to talk so I had David Sachs soul of the entrepreneur on I had Michael Tobin who'd written a great book OBE he's a uh, an entrepreneur and these guys were coming on and they were talking about real life from from a heart-centric perspective so that kicked it off well and since then I've just focused on bringing people along that you know they've got some some purpose and they're heart-centric so we do our ultimate best not to talk about growth do our ultimate best not to talk about you know the the the, the money elements of life all the time because I think it's important clearly but it's not the be-all and end-all so the one end of the continuum, it's entrepreneurial in the sense that it's actually professional entertainment for real people <laughs> that, you know, just looking for some new ways. And it, it's been great. The last 12 months, I've met some super people, had some super conversations and delighted to meet yourself on that journey as well, Susan. Uh, I know it's been a while. We, I know we spoke just before Christmas and but here we are, you know. Here we are. Um, yeah. No, that's great, Paul. I've heard you talk about this before and on listening to some of the podcasts, but you talk about money as an antidepressant. So the way I look at money personally right now, money's a utility. It's an energy. It, it helps you make good decisions in life. It gives you more choices. And there's, a, there's an argument that says it's a better form of misery. However, if we look at the, the viewpoint I was taking with that is I come at it from a, a number of perspectives. I think Firstly, I now talk a lot about when is enough enough and a more balanced perspective of how to run your professional career, i.e. work and life. So when I think this becomes a tipping point and I'll, I'll use some examples, you know, classic sort of situation. You leave the university, you get your job. At the end of the day, it's all about life in general, which is get yourself a healthy profession. Probably, you know, somewhere on that journey, your parents have had an influence on that and 
And then you end up in going to work for a corporation as a lawyer or a doctor or, or, or whatever. And it's quite a demanding environment. And most companies, you know, really predicated on sort of sustaining growth year in, year out. But I think from a human perspective, I think it really can take you hostage. And I think, you know, there's a lot of evidence now that it has in many ways. And I think when I say it's an antidepressant, I think it's a coping mechanism. I think at the end of the day, you get to a certain point in your career where your heart's not in it, but you need to do it. And I'll tell you why you need to do it. It's because you've had your children, you've got your mortgage, and fundamentally, you've managed to lock yourself into this kind of seduction of status. And for a lot of people, that suits them. That's fine. That's the way they want to live. But I'm finding now that we're in a tipping point. I think a lot of people are now starting to really reflect. And I've been very lucky to work with individuals where they've had some serious issues working in major corporations, as an example, under the realms of the, the classic capitalistic values of you've got to be seen to be and you, know, you get promoted, you get a big salary and all the trappings that go with that. And it's sort of the detriment of home life, family life, but the money's good. And that's the reason why a lot of people do this. And they don't follow their hearts. They follow their egos. And then when they get into their mid-40s or early 50s or mid-50s onwards, they suddenly realize, that, whoa, there's more to life than this. And I use a lot of coinage in my development programs and my coaching with individuals that really does highlight the point, which is status anxiety, money, rethinking your relationship with money because it does take you hostage. And people have interesting relationships with money. It is needed, but I've, I've now lightened the load with it personally. I see it as a utility. I think you need it. There's no two words about it without question. But when is enough enough? And what is the trading point for cash? You know? So, yeah, I think it's been more conscious about who, who you are and, and, and what your individual relationship is with each of these sort of areas. Uh, and I'm meeting it right now with Zangility. I'm meeting lots and lots of people that are looking to uncouple themselves from the conventional ways of working. They're not necessarily looking to retire because I see that as a, a kind of failure, if I'm candid. Uh, and I'll come on to that a little bit later today. But money is, is an, in, in, in some respects, a necessary evil unless you actually realign your thinking with it and build a new relationship with it. I think that's very, very important to stay healthy. And it's not used as a some kind of pacification mechanism for coping with the pain of the role or the demand of the role that you're in within the environment. And, and at some point, Susan, I'd like to talk about environment because I think a lot of people now that we've switched from going to the, to the office and now working from home, it's having a massive impact on people's thinking because our work and our lives have actually merged, they've integrated and they now become one. So I think people are now starting to slowly come around to thinking differently about what, what is the meaning of this I have a, a, a saying no purpose no point you know and, and we can talk about that a little bit later but money's an interesting subject I call it an energy it's a utility yeah. uh, if you think about language like currency it flows it comes it goes but don't let it take you hostage and don't let it cripple your decisions Absolutely. One piece of advice someone gave me years ago was don't let money ever be in the way of you doing something. Yeah. And, and it was a great piece of advice because you'll find a way. Exactly. It's you'll instinct. It's way. human yeah. instinct. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's also finding some courage. Isn't it? Sometimes we're pushed 
Yeah. So sometimes you're thrust into a situation by being made redundant. But other times you can actually take control of the steering wheel yourself. Yes. And get off the bloody bus for want of a... It's, a, it's an interesting subject, Susan. It's the whole transformation that we're going through right now. And it goes back to my vision 20 years ago when I was in Egostream working pretty much as a classic guy that was driving a business. I was predicated, it was, all, you know, it was growth. So I've been a, a victim of the situation. I've burnt out twice in life. I've physically been hospitalized through burnout. So I know what it's like. Um, but equally, I think that those days are in the rearview mirror now for me. And I'm proud to say that the journey I'm on now is helping liberate people from the work world. Not at any price, though, not at the point of where they're going to enter into a a life of lack or anything like it, but something more balanced and and, and is sustainable. And we all have it. We just sometimes fail to access it. However, that beautiful word you talk about, Susan, courage, it, it is within us. But unfortunately, A lot of the environments that a lot of people have been operating in for quite a number of years has developed a huge degree of learned helplessness. And you're not even conscious of this until you're actually faced with redundancy or your business is having to make significant cutbacks for various reasons. And I call it that dependent world. And then all of a sudden you're left with becoming having to face independence. Your heart says, I want to set up my own venture as an example, but your mind says, Yes, but, yes, but. And there's the argument that goes on. And then it becomes the ego and the heart having a good talk to each other. And it's interesting with Zengility, my my business, that is starting to really flourish at the minute. And I always say to executives that are coming on our program, I always turn around and say, follow your heart. Serve your soul. You've served your ego. It's got you where you are today, but it's now time for change. And you know what? It's been the tipping point. A lot of people said, you know, I'm going to, I'm, you're absolutely right. I need to listen to myself. And I suppose in some respects, that's, that's what we, we've managed to accomplish really well is that calm environment, which is what Zengility stands for. But coming back to that point of courage, letting go of that dependence to become independent and then interdependent, it, it, it's, as I say, you, you have to rehabitualize your mindset it's almost like recycling all your thinking and we call it sort of work-life transformation because the two have come together but you'll be so surprised at what you can achieve once you make a decision to just do it and there's another thing you just have to do it It comes back to your point you just have to do it us humans are, are incredibly powerful specimens if you call it that we have the resources intellectually particularly to actually overcome a lot of things and that's so important and accessing courage wisdom having the time and environment to even just put all of that thinking together to make these life-changing decisions is very very important but you can do it and there's a word I've started to use Susan when I'm talking to people now it's called devotion life is devotion you have to devote you have to it's I wouldn't say it's a it's a religion, but it's, it's more of a form of mastery. And that's something else. The biggest person you'll ever get to know in life is yourself. And I think a lot of people are now beginning to go through that journey. You know, the last 12 months has been high paced change. I, you've heard me talk about a month feels like a quarter, a quarter feels like a year. And then if we look at the business dynamics of change that's going on, 
it is a bit daft, if I'm honest, because it's kind of, it's being forced a little bit upon us, which I don't like. But once again, there lies the challenge. You have to sort of embrace it and then try to overcome it. But I think a lot of people now are starting to think with their hearts. They're genuinely starting to feel, you know what? I want to make change. It's not about what I want anymore. It's about what I don't want anymore. Yeah, I, I think there are lots of people, certainly. And I came across somewhere that we've technologically kind of gone 30 years into the future yes. in working from home and having that choice of where we want to work for. That actually, if the world had kept going as we were before COVID, we would never have yes got to where we are so that opens up a whole host of opportunities yes and helped people to think differently but I'm listening to this today okay and I'm going right I've sat down I've tried to listen to my heart but I can't hear it mm. Mm. what what do I do mm. it's a good question I think that it's like all things the if you if you ask you will receive and I think it's a, it's a reflection and sometimes it takes time. But you mentioned the word home. And I, I, I did a, a webinar a couple of weeks ago and it was to uh, 34 CEOs. And I opened it up by saying, right, this is a thought shop, guys. And we're going to be talking about home is where the heart is. So it was this sort of, it was starting to think from a different perspective. And yes, you, you've got to work on yourself. Yes, you don't. It's not instant. It's not something that you can switch your phone on and look for and it gives you the answer. It takes time and it can take three months, six months, nine months, 12 months. But it's like all things. If you start to put your mind into it and you start to reflect a lot deeper within yourself, it'll surface because it does exist in some respect. It's kind of dormant. It sits dormant in every one of us. And it takes time to race to the front. Everybody has a purpose on this planet. And, I'll, and for your, you know, your listeners today, Susan, I'll say this in uncertain terms. Everybody is unique. And if you get up every morning and you look in the mirror and you say, I am the best in the world. Right. You are the best in the world because there's only one of you and you're the best of who you are in the world. OK, nobody can copy that. And that goes back to this you know, individualism, but not to the point of being a loner. It's about coming away from a situation of dependency, becoming more independent in your thinking, but equally becoming interdependent as, a, as, as that new person. We call it the new rich. And the new rich, it's not all about money. It's about appreciation of small things like a good cup of coffee, good food. Home is where the heart is, right? And when you've also got, you know, you've got a profession that you enjoy with purpose and meaning and for the greater good, if that's possible, it is possible. And guess what? Coming back to the, the blessing and the curse that we're all going through right now, there's a lot of goodness out there that we can harness if we start to adjust our thinking. And that's thinking is heart centered. Go with how you feel about things as opposed to how you think you need to conform with things. Yeah, so it's interesting times, but exciting as well. It is. And for me, it's it's music to my ears, what you're saying. And you can see that, I think, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. in how yeah. I'm reacting, sure. But I think 
it feel it can feel at the beginning and others I, I suppose we're influenced by others whether we like yeah. it or not we want to be seen mm-hmm. to be doing the right thing and making sure that we're not letting people down and all of these kinds of things mm. so if I decide I want to listen to my heart I might have my naysayers around me saying that's been very self-indulgent. Mm. Mm. I need you to do this or get on with it. I, I have some, some mantras I live with. I think that firstly, people often say to me, and I, I bring it back to status and this attachment of how we've been for the last, I don't know, 50, 60 years with capitalism and conformity and you know it goes back to Edward Bernays and his herding sheep with shark psychology of you know who is the godfather of propaganda you've got to be seen to be and you know following and things and if anybody researches Edward Bernays and the um, herding sheep with sharks project from the American government back in the beginning of last uh, century you'll get what I'm talking about. It was all about conformity. And believe it or not, the subcontext of the whole thing is they believed that the human was an idiot and would actually conform to anything. So it was that herding mentality. Whereas I feel that we're all individuals and we have multiple choices. And I think we all can tune into ourselves in a different way, but you have to, firstly, you're as good as the company you keep. From a social perspective, from a from a work and employment perspective, it's very important. So these are kind of like rules. Don't stare around people that fundamentally are basically pretty negative and can be naysayers. Draining your energy. Very much so. And I'll, I'll come on to energy in a second because everything is energy at the end of the day. But I think that you, you definitely have to be as good as the company you keep. And often people say to me, where do you live? I say, you're looking at it. You live in here. And all this material attachment, as an example, doesn't matter. It comes, it goes. And I think we are on the precipice of releasing and freeing ourselves from the shackles of conventional capitalism. I call it life capitalism is now coming. People are starting to become what I call the new wealthy. And that's about being healthy. It's about being gracious about things it's about respect and it's about the art of good conversation it's about simple things that mean an awful lot and I think that we are going to see work environments form like this we are going to see communities coming together of common values it's very very important I think that's coming but what I'm really trying to say is the last 12 months has been interesting because a lot of people haven't had the time to even think about this we've been frazzled for the last 15 years and if you think about us, we've manufactured that. So that comes back to we are victims or masters of our destiny going forward. But we have to learn from the past of what hasn't worked and, and gripping the feelings from that of, I don't want to do that anymore. So it's not about what you want anymore. It's what you don't want anymore. And once you start to lighten that load, you become more heart-centered. All of a sudden, new things start to happen. I've met more artists over the last 12 months than I've ever met. And these are people that are finance directors, CFOs, and uh, or heads of major, major companies. And, and they said, I, I didn't realize I was a, I'm an artist. You know, and people are starting to feel the dormant skills that they used to have are now starting to come to the surface. They're starting to look at new ways of actually 
and releasing that energy to sort of make um, better life decisions. That is what happens as well once you start listening to yourself. You realise, wow, I have all of this creativity inside of me that mm. was probably pushed down at school from mm. an early age. You know, I was told not to play and I stopped playing and so mm. stopped experimenting and stopped growing in other than the conventional way. Mm. And But it's never too late. Never. Never. It's, not. it's there. It's in you, isn't it? It, it, it? It's a conditioning and we have to release the old conditioning. So it comes back to things like retirement, in my mind, is a modern man's failure. And it's a harsh point to make a point because you were conditioned from the age of 21, 25 to save for your retirement. And it's important to a point. But it depends how you look at it and it depends how you express that. And I'm now working with individuals in their you know, late 50s, early 60s that are looking for another 15 to 20 years of, of work life. And I say work life where the two are coming together, integrated, but with purpose. I'm going to achieve, do something that I've always wanted to do. And money has a part to play in it. Or I should I say the energy element has a part to play in it. But then another thing is, Unfortunately, with that sense of retirement, with that sense of belonging in the corporate environment or that, that job title you've been trying to hold down and all these other things, that lends itself to focusing on lack. You're always thinking about what you haven't got. Now, when you start to really take stock and think about you, what you really have got and what your options and choices are, it's phenomenal. And most people, believe it or not, will never, never spend their wealth that they've accumulated and from an asset perspective in their lifetime they will leave it obviously wholeheartedly to their children and the likes however start to think about it from a different perspective start to think about it as an energy stop focusing on lack so when it comes back to that key point listen to your heart these are the triggers yeah am i suffering status anxiety yes do i need to realign my relationship with money yes do I need to start looking after myself in a different way? Yes. Do I still need to start to express myself with people that I can as opposed to be just listening to the, the negative stuff? So you can do an awful lot to help yourself go through these sort of life transformations. The other key thing that I've learned, particularly this last 12 months, has been around mastery. And obviously, my business, Angility, has a, a real spiritual element to it. And Angility stands for calm environment. And that's what we do. We bring people into a calm environment. Practically, we're dealing with professional people. So this is not, you know, sitting doing yoga moves and it's breathing. It's not kumbaya. Exactly. Exactly. I wish it was, actually, to be honest. But, you know, it's not. <laughs> but it's a transition as well. And you have to meet people where they're at, no? To bring and, 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 and if you said what the secret is with that environment, is permission. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's giving people permission to be themselves. And I, I feel personally, I think as you mature in your business life, and, you know, I, I've had some great experiences and achieved some amazing things. I, I'm giving permission to be themselves because you can. And I think once you've structured that in a way, people then start to express themselves. And if you look at any music or anything that's energy or vibrational related, it's all about tuning. It's about frequency. It's about balance. It's about all of these harmony. Harmony, exactly. <laughs> and we create it. So you have to see, look at yourself. And I think mastery is an interesting one because 
you know, one of my harsh comments is you're either victim or master of your thinking. And there's a truth to that. But equally, if you look at working on yourself from a mastery perspective, you either master self or self will master you. And that's kind of your choice. So it's a deeper level of thinking. But you'd be surprised that once you start to think about yourself from a different perspective, then, you know, you, you will be surprised. You know, you've got to look at yourself in the mirror and the first person you've got to think about is, is, is say, do I trust this guy? Do I trust this guy? You know, and if the answer is no, you've got work to do. Yeah, because scary. it does. But the thing is, you go then into the workplace and you're trying to control people as a leader or a manager. And you say, well, you're not authentic yourself. So how can you try to instill these sort of ways and beliefs and things when you, you're not in the right place yourself and it's it, I call it this mastery and don't get me wrong I'm not trying to be extreme about this at all because I think there is an approach with it but equally it, it goes back to simplicity keep things simple so so important yeah I always think it's it's bring it back to basics which is, it is. the same thing like yeah yeah exactly. yeah yeah because everything it, you know, else is just yeah. we've created like you've been saying but actually, once you tune in to your basic the, needs. Well, it, you know, when you're having a difficult day and not everything's a bed of roses in life. But if you think of it from this perspective, I sleep when I'm tired and I eat when I'm hungry. And that's it. And, you know, we're humans. And the biggest thing that we should think about is oxygen, because that's the only thing we're truly dependent on. And gravity. You know, we are, you know, we're tenants of the earth. And we have to respect it. Let's not run away from nature. And Sengility.life, we, we were talking about this at the beginning. I said, well, nature is our CEO. Yeah, we are nature. We're human. And I think the last 50 years in corporate life and, and work life has, has given us a lot of, it's, it, it has, there's been a lot of greatness from it as well. There really has. However, we're on the precipice of change and we have multiple choices. As I always say, you have choice, money and time. What are you going to do with it? And if you're in a conformed, coming back to your point about conforming, that's a bit of a jail sentence for me because that's not independent thinking. That's not liberation. That's more it's shackling. It's tying you up with a certain way. But our society has very much been geared towards that. And if you even take the welfare state as an example, it is much mm. easier to get people to go from school to university to work to retirement mm -hmm. because there's a guaranteed income to the tax coffers, if nothing else, which then pays for, you know, things but, are geared that way. The whole yeah. thing needs a revolution, Paul. It all needs yeah. to think. Even, you know, I was doing my tax return, for example, and mm -hmm. I bought a new laptop for my business and I'm self-employed. Yeah, yeah. So sure. it's like you can only charge the percentage that's relevant to your business. And I'm with you. This is my work life. <laughs> Everything yeah. I do is designed now around who I am and how I show up in the world. Yeah. Including the tools I use. And you're telling yeah. me I can't charge this because yeah. your tax system is out of date. That's right. It is. It's seriously out of date. And there's a lot of things I think about to evaporate but it's staying steady with it so just finishing up on the retirement journey 
I call it destination sickness. And that sickness, you know, you might not think it's a sickness, you might not think it's an illness, but it is because it forms a concept in your mind that you haven't got enough and you must be always doing something to, you know, thinking of the future and stuffing money away and all sorts of things. In some respects, there needs to be a fine balance. And I call it capitalitis. When you're constantly thinking about money, which is genuinely a, a ground in thing, it stifles creativity. So it comes back to your point about listening to your heart. The only way to access your heart-centered thinking is to remove the, the mindset around destination sickness, which is saving for one day, the one day factor that never arrives, by the way. And capitalitis, which is I'm totally consumed with every move I make in life on what I haven't got or I must have. And once you start to remove that thinking, you'll find that there is a new character starts to arrive, which actually is quite scary because you haven't been able to identify with this person. But all of a sudden, goodness starts to arrive. And that's the piece that you start to harness. And I call it the new rich. Dig deep, you'll find it because it's there. It sits within all of us, you know? Absolutely. And we talk about saving for a rainy day. And I often say it's pouring now. So yeah. use the bloody savings. You know? Exactly. That's, exactly. You know? That's what it's there for. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. wait for the next rainy day. Take yeah. it now. And yeah. also, I've had what I would term a mini retirement. I took yeah. time off. I... Well, I was living in Switzerland. And when you leave Switzerland, they give you a lot of your pension. They won't keep it in the country. They just retain some of it. And I used some of that to have a holiday. Mm. So there are ways that because I don't want to wait until I'm old and retired to do the things that are important in life now. Yeah. But I've awoken to certain things and yes. and I'm following my heart or I'm yes. tuned into it. Yes. Yes. And it's not for everybody either. You know, we still need people to work in companies, I think. We still yes. need the, the world yes. to go on at a certain way. Yeah. And I think it's to be honest, I think what we're going to find in the new realm of work that's coming is more. Uh, meaning and for the greater good and it's it's evident the carbon the energy push that we're all on at the minute is 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 coming i've been looking at different industry sectors over the last 12 months that are coming to the fore new business structures new leadership development it's all on its way and it's all heart-centered believe it or not it's all very very different and for any people that are listening to this that are in the corporate world or, or they're in a, in a position where they're not sure they're in the right environment. And I use that word environment because it's all circumstantial to your environment. And that's why a lot of people now are moving to the country. They're going living in the coast because they're gravitating to new environments that are yielding fresh thinking and they're carving their own new way, which is good. But I think that sort of asking those big questions like, why am I here? And be in, in challenging yourself to answer quite, quite thought provoking. I call it kitchen talk, you know. So kitchen talk is when you're in the work world and you, you come home or you used to come home and you'd had a funny old day and you crack the I'm wine. Down the stairs start, now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're chatting and now you come down the stairs. Exactly. But the point of the matter is home is where the heart is, right? And we have to build off from there. 
And I, I've been coaching a number of people with, with Ecostream this year, and I've said, we can't have toxic leadership in the home, right? Because you're sat in your house. And, you know, so we're, we're now having to adjust on how we engage with our teams and our individuals. So that's good. And I think there's going to be a short-term performance problem as people adjust. But that's not a bad thing, yeah? Because I'm a big fan of you need a positively stressed business to yield sustainability and, and, and good results, but not at any price. But a distressed business is useless because all it yields is ill health, a dissatisfaction, and it's not sustainable. And it's definitely not sustainable now with people working from home. And I'll tell you why, because they're going to say, I've had enough of that. I'm not going to do it. So I think leadership has got a big lesson now. And I think businesses are now starting to really look at it with a close lens of, about how we reshape our work lives. And I talk about work-life integration because it is, it's, it's one. And I think over the next few years, we're definitely going to find that we'll be working less, not more. I think the whole perform to value concept is going to come fashionable where we're working hours, not days. That's all going to be coming through and, and why not, right? What does you know? it matter as long as you get done what you need to get done? Exactly. So the conformity of seen to be, pardon the language, is bullshit. It's yeah. got to go. Yeah. yeah. And that will go. And I've been talking at length about it. And, and also systems and processes uh, that have no meaning, that just aren't serving us in the appropriate ways. And they've got to disappear, right? Often. Correct. That's what mm. they are. They're to keep you in line as opposed mm. to get the best out of you. Yeah. Oh, completely. And I think that it comes back to purpose and meaning. And we're on the precipice of new world economics. We're not talking about digital currency coming in. We're talking about a whole realm of change over the next 10 years that's going to advance us something like 100 years. But I think I, I go back to quite stoic thinking, if I'm honest, which is I'm happy with the future in some respects, but it needs to be balanced fairly with humanistic values and nature. So I, I see it as take a more balanced approach to it. I, I, I think digitizing the world we're in in some areas is good, you know, if it fights crime or fights ill health and all those great things to keep us nice and lively. But it, it, it can't be administered at any price. It can't be extreme. And that's my view. But the stoic world, so I have a, a, a mindset that's really about ancient principles in a, in a modern world. I'm a four o'clock in the morning guy. I, you know, I have my routine, my ritual, and it serves me well. And I say to myself, by six in the morning, if I've carried out those four key things that I do, everything today is a bonus. And I've, wow. achieved, before, I've achieved before I start. And what were your four key things? Well, I'm very fortunate. I live on the South Coast, so I swim in the sea. I have my coffee. I have some time to think, right? And having time to think is, is, is a good thing, right? I do a little bit of work, and I have a swim in the sea. And, and that is it. My day's done, really. Everything else is a bonus. And it's, it's engineering your thinking to, to start to think in a very different way. But once you've got rid of capitalitis, once you've got rid of destination sickness, and you start being more present, and stop being busy for being busy sake, life takes a new form of existence and harness the fear, you know? Yeah, and, and you talk about like life architect 
And and I think that's what a lot of it is. It's about designing or Correct. creating the Correct. life you want for yourself. That's it's your destination. Completely. And I think that a lot of people don't think they've got access to that. We've all got access to that, irrespective of conditions. The bottom line is we can architect any life we want. You could, even now, right now, with the power of the internet, you could start to live in the 50s. If you wanted to design your house, wear the clothes, the food, you could live like you're in the 50s. If you want, if, I'm being extreme to make the point. That's the level of choice that we have. We can be what we want to be. And at, at heart, we are all artists. We're all artisans. We're all weavers. You know, we're all God's creation. Right. Think about it from God's creation perspective. What is that? Creation, imagination. We can weave what we want. And, and I think we fail ourselves and we need to sort of realign and start to think at a new level. And we are. So people are for sure. Now, you have another podcast mm -hmm. that's called Screaming Hearts. And I, I yeah. just love the imagery of that. <laughs> Yeah. So tell yeah. me, where did you come up with that, Paul? Well, it, it was a, it goes back 20 years. So it, it goes back when I was working heavily in corporate life. And I've been always been quite an interesting guy, if you can, you can appreciate as the way I express myself on this. So I've been developing and growing people and growing companies. And I've been in the heart of capitalism. That's the truth of it. And I've been very lucky to have always worked for myself. I've been an entrepreneur. I've never really worked or conformed to anybody, apart from obviously serving my clients contractually in the appropriate ways. And I think one of the common things I've found right over that timeline, and we're talking a couple of decades, is there was a lot of dissatisfaction with things like numbers and targets and all that class. There was a lot of dissatisfaction. So obviously all of that research and development then started to provoke when we started to come into where I'm at now. I visualized people going in and out the corporate glass cage or the glass maze called the office. And they were all paid to be positive when they walked into that environment. Right? And they were, because I used to be the guy that used to work with individuals that in some respects were saying one thing but meant another. So there's a total disconnect and there was this inauthentic environment run on the ego. But in their hearts, they were screaming because all they wanted to be was themselves. But they couldn't be. So I called it screaming hearts. So it's a bit like going to a corporate door, opening it, and all you can hear is the hustle and bustle. But if you really listen, you can hear the hearts screaming to get out of there. And that's kind of like how I came up with that concept. And I called the podcast Screaming Hearts for those of you that want to come and talk about your world, but from a different perspective. And we're at the beginning with that, to be candid, because we're now going to be running some thought shops and some webinars to, to bring a community of individuals together to share our thinking and, and the likes so, so we can go out to a slightly bigger reach. But Screaming Hearts is, is what a lot of people are suffering right now. They're in a, a difficult place and they're trying to reach a new way of thinking and expressing their value in life and it's all there to be done and I think it comes back to imagination and reinventing yourself but you can't do it overnight it's another thing Susan we live in a very hedonistic society where it's instant yes and you can't grow you know your garden overnight you can't go out there and dig away all day put your seeds in and then get up the next morning look out the window and say where is it 
Yeah. 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 No, and we we like instant gratification, and yeah. it's it's that that's not sustainable. <laughs> exactly, and and it's kind of that that's the approach that you have to take. It's it's a form of mastery. And it's, it's about patience. In fact, to be candid, the last um, three months, I've been studying self-improvement myself. And, and to be candid, it's been around patience. I've been going back to how to become more patient with things. Because irrespective, we are definitely living in a very high-paced society where our senses are actually on alert all the time with what's been delivered on the news and these lockdowns and this strange place we're all in right now. But I think we can, we can, we can carve our own beam of light out of it. Mm-hmm. And that's very, very important. Yeah. And, and to go with the patience, perseverance. Correct. Yeah. Because really, that's the other thing, isn't it? Yes, it's not going to be instant and you need patience, but you also have to persevere. You know what I think the, the, the best it's interesting because I've just had a high pace three months and this week I've cleared my diary a little bit and next week I've got a clear diary ish and boy am I so looking forward to just being spontaneous with the time I have right and saying I haven't got any calls this morning it's good right and and I think just that in itself has given me a kind of like a, a, a sense of peace and I think it comes back to, to get the very best out of yourself, you have to look after yourself. And you have to recognize that things like sleep, just taking care of yourself is so important. And stop trying to be like anybody else. Remember, you're original, okay? And I think some self-care, it starts with that. And it's the old saying, until you can love yourself, you'll never love another. And it's a truth in that, right? And that comes back to everything us humans do because we are made of it. But yes, we deny it. And why? I think we feel we don't deserve it. I think there's an element of self-worth comes into this as well. Comes back to my original point. Yeah. That this self-worth piece, we've got an identity crisis on the back of it. People Mm. are losing their identities because I can't associate with the world I used to work in. My job title's gone. Who am I? Oh, come on, you know better than that. Dig deep. And, and it's important. And it comes back to that learned helplessness statement. But equally, what you do is you say, you look at yourself in the mirror, it comes back, I am the best in the world. There is nobody on this planet like me. Isn't that an amazing thing? Right? My fingerprint is the only one in the world. People fail to recognize the basics. Yeah, my brain. If you cut a brain open, no two brains are the same. Exactly. Like and our think, hearts aren't the same. Nothing about us yeah, is replicated. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely right. And learning a lot more about yourself is a, is, a, is a great thing. And words that are often used but never really absorbed is resilience, self-reliance, basics, belief, fa- faith, fate. Believing in the unseen ones, the superpowers that humans have, we are all energy at the end of the day. And learning about that is so important. So I think this is my journey. And going forward, I'm so privileged to be in a position where I'm administering this on a daily basis. But I think I've earned my place. 20 years in that world, 
where I'm learning the subject matter of the screaming heart. And now I'm in a position to help people reevaluate, transition and do life on their terms, whether it's setting up their lifestyle business or, or whatever. So for me, it's an artistic journey and it's fantastic having that sort of, dare I say it, that sort of artisan approach to it all. People say to me, what's your program consist of? I said, well, in essence, it's the art of intelligent conversation between two human beings that will express something that will become the new version of them. And that's what this is about. You can't be prescriptive. You have to go into it open-hearted and open-minded. And if you turn up like that, you'd be surprised at what you'll discover. Yeah, yeah but you also need that safe space with someone where yeah. it's okay yeah. to explore yeah. those inner yeah. thoughts. And once you say them out loud, they're free and they take on a life of their own. Absolutely. But the future is amazing if you make it like that. So it, it is about, it is, it is art. It's about expression. It's, it's a craft. It's weaving. You know, the universe, the cosmos, it weaves. And that's what we have to become is weavers, weavers of our thinking and make things out of it, right? The only limit is your imagination. Well, it comes back to that, exactly that. Let's imagine this new world. Let's imagine the new, new life I want to live. And, and, and it comes back to very basic, simple things. You know, I had this uh, big argument with myself. This It wasn't an argument, it was a good debate. It was on about foreign travel. And I've been very lucky to have traveled an awful lot over 20 years. And I've been to some lovely places and I've had some fabulous experiences. And I said to myself, the kerfuffle about going to airports these days and holidays that might never come off and things like that. Do you know what? I'm just not going to bother. I'm self-satisfied from that perspective. I'm okay. If I don't leave the country ever again, it doesn't matter. I'd be happy with that. Genuine. And that's another word. Genuine authentic we see it on clothing labels like handbags and genuine this and genuine that what about you are you genuine you know it's this sort of stuff isn't it you know yeah and the interesting thing often is you might not see you're not coming across as genuine or authentic but others do we have yes. a radar we hone in on things like authenticity and genuine very mm. easily back to even what you said about if you don't trust yourself going to work how are you going to get others mm. to trust mm. you mm. And it's interesting you know because it's all about unity it's keeping good company and it's about unity it's about coming together and you mentioned energy and I, the human heart's a very powerful organ i mean i don't know we're, we're, i don't know you've got children susan or no, not i don't no okay yeah. I, i'm very lucky i've four kids and the long and short of it is when you go for a scan and for, for our listeners today, those that have children, they'll understand this. The first thing you hear on that scan is a human heart. Not a brain, a heart. And that says it all, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Now, when it comes to the human heart, it is a very intelligent organ. They call it gut health, heart health. It's all interconnected. You all think it's all just about the brain and the ego and the mind. It's not. There's a whole raft of other energy sources that are actually feeding intelligence to you. And we know this when we get into good company. We know we're having a lively time when everybody's heart is in unison and we're all getting on. That says a lot. This is the stuff that we're talking about. And it's about that heart-centered, you know, vibe. 
And another thing I learned recently, if you go for a walk with another individual, sometimes you go for a walk with your husband or your partner or, or, or girlfriend or whatever, and you're having a conversation, believe it or not, your, your heart, you know, the magnetic fields of your heart are actually communicating with one another. Isn't that bizarre? I think the message from, from this, for me, we've got a lot to learn about ourselves. We do. That the last 50 years has took us hostage because we've only fought, focused on destination sickness, capitalitis, status, and we forgot about ourselves, right? Yeah. And I think now we have the opportunity to say, you know what, I want to take this to the future and I want to leave that in the past. And that's about reinvention. Or, yeah, reinvention, rediscovering. Rediscovering. Because it's all in us. Exactly. And this is not about to the detriment of uh, commercial reality, if you want to call it that. No. It's not about saying, you know, they're saying goodbye to this and goodbye. No, 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 no. It's no. about harmonizing it and bringing it to balance. Yeah, and it's about enjoying your life in the way mm. you want to. Mm. Oh, definitely. There's lots of, uh, lots of overlaps there. I hope I'm not boring your uh, listeners, uh, Susan. I hope well, I'm not we, boring. <laughs> Uh, you know, if anyone is bored by this conversation, let us know. But I doubt it. <laughs> I, don't, I think they'd have tuned out long ago, Paul. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but maybe, Paul, just to, to wrap up, how does someone connect with you? Because you've mentioned uh, Zengility, your podcast, Ego Stream. Yeah. Well, if you want to reach out to me, it's paul.stevenson with a ph at zengility.life. Or egostream.com. That's my, I would say, my commercial business, but my the business where I'm focusing on executives and helping them make life transformation to the new, the new rich. It's angelity.life. And uh, be keen to hear from you, talk to you, whatever. But it's uh, it's great, and we're on a serious mission. And once again, the Screaming Hearts podcast on the website, we've got a lot of very informative, actually, podcasts and some good material for people to listen to to help them make these life-changing decisions. But all I can say is you're in good company, genuine, and we're a safe environment. So, yeah. And, and, and Susan, it's been great to talk to you as well. I mean, uh, kindred spirits, I think we once said. <laughs> that's right, yeah. And I think that's probably come across. We definitely yeah. forgot we were recording a podcast, I reckon, at some that's point. That's great. Yeah. yeah. And any time, by the way, we've got to make it more regular. I'm, I'm that sounds good. very comfortable. It's a good chat. It's a good chat. Well, thank you very much for that, Paul. And yeah, we'll definitely have you back. Lovely. Look forward to it. Take care, Susan. Thanks for listening today. And if you enjoyed our exploration of life beyond the numbers, please leave a review and share it with someone you know that believes in people and purpose and not profit at any cost. The future of work and work life will be changed by those who create a more fulfilling work life for themselves. And that can start with a curiosity of life beyond the numbers.